I'm Quinn Murphy, and this is In My Chair. Ivan Bart is the president of IMG Models and Fashion, an international leader in talent development operating in New York, London, Los Angeles, Paris, Milan, and Sydney. Bart oversees the management of IMG Models' A-list talent roster, including Alec Weck, love her, Carolyn Murphy, Bella Hadid, Gigi Hadid, Kate Moss, Joan Smalls, and Haley Bieber. After developing his career at leading agencies, including ICE, Wilhelmina, and Ford, Bart was approached by IMG Models to become creative director in 1994. During Bart's tenure at IMG Models, the agency has developed and propelled clients, including Carolyn Murphy, Chrissy Teigen, Carly Kloss, Lily Aldridge, Liv Tyler, and Stephanie Seymour. After Endeavor acquired IMG in 2014, Ivan was appointed president of IMG Models. In his role, Bart has led the charge in evolving the global definition of beauty by promoting and encouraging diversity and inclusion. Yes. Deemed the model mogul by Alexandria Jacobs of the New York Times, Bart has been named one of the business of fashion 500 leaders shaping the global fashion industry and is an out 100 honoree. That's when you've made it. Bart's a graduate of the University of Albany and a native of Brooklyn, New York. Ivan, welcome in my chair. Thank you. It's so nice to be here, and I really appreciate you inviting me. Of course. Um, Where are you from in Brooklyn? Uh, Well, you know, my family uh, was from Bensonhurst, and, um, you know, uh, because my father uh, was you know, working and traveling. Uh, we, we, I was actually born in Birmingham, Alabama, and then, oh. uh, move, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and my mother could not wait to get back to her Brooklyn roots. And so we moved to Bensonhurst, Brooklyn when I was about five turning six. And then I, you know, oh, good. all, you know, like the, the formative years, the grammar school, junior high school, high school, all, in Brooklyn. And I have to add too, you know, I've never lived in Manhattan ever. I, wow. Yes, never. Um, so on to the business of fashion, um, we have to get this out of the way. And I don't even know how interesting this is, or if it really affects you, I'd like to know is Endeavor just went public. And for people listening, Endeavor is, you can explain it, a parent company of IMG, right? Yes. And, um, you know, Endeavor, which I like to refer to as the land of a thousand dances, because, um, you know, it's so diverse a company and has uh, expertise in so many different fields of uh, business, you know, uh, whether it's in sports or entertainment or digital platforms or fashion. Um, You know, uh, what's what I love, too, and I think is just, uh, you know, uh, an invaluable uh, part of managing fashion talent is to tap into the experts within our company. So, you know, especially in this day and age when people are leaning into different, you know, fields and interests, you know, you can tap into an executive who's experienced in that vertical. Like if a model wanted to become a UFC fighter, you guys would be able to hook her up in that avenue. Yep. And I will say it's happened in the reverse. You know, uh, Wonder Boy, uh, UFC fighter, 
one of the, one of the most handsome gentlemen you'll ever come across. Um, also, you know, uh, wins every every game or I I see I'm not an expert in match, even the UFC. Match. Ma- All right, we'll call yeah. it a match. Great. He wins every match and you know he doesn't have a nick on his face and I'm going to knock on wood cuz he should never have one. Um and you know we were able to then you know he had an interest in fashion and we were able to connect him with you know photographers he it started with editorial but he ended up doing some campaigns and um yeah, they were able to tap into us and say, listen, we have a very handsome fighter who's very interested in fashion. Will you meet with them? We have that all the time. And so there's a lot of synergy. And um, I think, you know, and to talk about, uh, you know, being public, I think it's exciting for the public. I mean, the interesting thing for me, though, is like, I, I tend to like to be private, you know, but mm-hmm. now we're public. So, you know, when but you say exciting, private, you mean a private person or private I'm as a, a company? Private, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a private person. And, okay. You know, I've only I've only worked in private companies, but you know the exciting thing about uh, being public is the opportunity for the public uh, to see the growth of this uh, company and to see it very tangibly in the fact of all the synergy that's going on, right? And uh, and all the opportunity that's there. Don't you feel like this is uncharted territory? I feel like for so with social media, like, and everything in the world right now, it feels like, I don't want to be dramatic, but I will be anyway, um, like an industrial revolution. Like nobody, nobody ever re- really knows how to run a modeling company when now there's social media and they also are connected to a sports organization. Like this is all kind of new. Do you feel that way? Well, the one thing about, you know, um, our leaders in our company, you know, they are, uh, you know, Ari Emanuel, Patrick Weitzel, Mark Shapiro. I mean, they are uh, fearless and uh, they, they, they do things that are unconventional and it always seems to work and pay off. So, right. um, you know, I'm excited to work here. Cool. Ivan, can you explain to people listening, like what you do, what is just like, take us through like your day, because I know you're the president now. I'm imagining that you're not sitting at a bookings table, booking people on jobs. Like you have other responsibilities. I have other responsibilities, but I, I do. You do I actually get very involved in um, finding opportunities for people and actually, yeah, doing, doing bookings and, and confirmations and things. Um, you know, I tend to think strategically and I like to do things that are, you know, right now, for instance, we have uh, uh, a young woman who's uh, a farmer and uh, she's breathtakingly beautiful, indie. And um, I'm looking at opportunities for her too that, you know, uh, actually align with her sensibilities her her interest and what she's doing because she's she's actually nourishing and feeding um people that don't have information to good nutrition so she's actually working um on skid row in los angeles and she's growing farms um on rooftops and so i'm looking at opportunities that uh, align with her sensibilities. And I actually have been talking to a, a, a brand right now 
and um, in the middle of conversations with them and negotiations. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm, a, I'm I get that gritty, um, young new model. Um, you know, uh, Shana McNeil, and you know, put her on your radar because uh, this is the year Writing of Shana McNeil. Yes, write it down because Shana McNeil um, is really one of our uh, great young new talent. And, you know, she, we were in the middle of the pandemic. She's in, uh, you know, she was in uh, Canada and, um, you know, she was finishing wrapping up high school and, um, you know, and there, there wasn't a lot of talent that were out in California at the time. And I just thought, you know, so she's in the Eastern part of Canada. Like maybe we could just, uh, or she's the Western part. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry about my geography. She's Western part. And I said, she's so close to California. Can we just get her down there and to meet Tom Ford? <laughs> she's like, and, absolutely. I'll leave Canada to go to LA and meet she, Tom Ford. She did. And, you know, and was, and it was, a, it was also like, you know, um, it was a, it was a gamble because, what if he didn't like her? So she got on the plane and go back to school. Fine. He liked her. He loved her. And she did the fashion show. And then she ended up doing the fragrance. And, you know, um, I, yeah, I did that. How does this feel? How does that come about? You're like, hey, Tom, I've got this girl I think you should see. I'm going to fly her down and you'll have lunch. Like, what is that? What is that? Does that like work? Well, look, you don't get close to Tom because Tom is very busy. And Tom is you know i'll talk about private he's extremely private um and and you know i i'm always feeling so privileged when i have the opportunity to get to speak to him and talk to him but you know there's whenever anybody's casting a show you know you talk to all the all the people one of my very close friends corinne rotfeld um you know i told her i said there's a young young woman who i truly believe in and i sent digitals to Corinne and Corinne got really excited. She showed them to Tom. And again, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a gamble. Like she'll come, we may use her. We may not. Um, Is she aware of the, that she may go home, you know, not booking anything? Absolutely. And I was very, you know, that's what I like about her because uh, you know, she's extremely intelligent and you just be very direct. You tell her this is, this is an opportunity and it may work. It may not, but the good news is you get to meet Corinne Rothfeld and Tom Ford. Right. Um, I kind of knew they would, they would fall in love with her. And, but the point is like, I, you know, I've been following her since she's 14 years old. I I've, I've said, this one is, this is one to watch. How do you she's, even know who she, she is? Turned, at 14? She turned 18. Because I also look at our scouting and development team and I say, okay. you know, who are you, you know, who are you following? And, and that's the, that's the key too. I like to follow. We don't need to be putting 14 year olds on runways or, or working with them, but I like to follow and, and also get to know them and the parents and know like who the future talent's going to be because also the future of IMG models like who we represent in 2036, you know, or right. that we want to still be the number one modeling agency and relevant. So it's all about the next generation. And, and, and also look, we're in a time now too, where most people, uh, you know, most young people too, that are relating to the talent that we have, you know, grew up online 
their sensibilities and their interests are very different than mine. And right. so I'm looking at who is going to be, who's going to resonate. I've been talking about this since 2018. Who are the models of the twenties? Who are the models of the twenties? What's going to happen? And, you know, COVID gave us a little bit of a pause, but I'm telling you the models of the twenties are arriving. Shana McNeil is one of them and it's happening and it's, it's going to be a whole new generation of young, exciting talent. Um, you know, already, I mean, for us, you know, Mati, beautiful uh, Italian girl who's on every runway, Malika, beautiful French model, um, you know, Georgia Palmer, an English beauty. We have some like exciting young new talent that, you know, with the opening of fashion shows again and the uh, you know, the, the opportunity for live events and things. I really believe these women are going to really take off. And we have also a lot of young men that are, that are fantastic. And so, you know, there's, this is an exciting time. Who are the, who are the stars of the twenties? Here but we go. Isn't it kind of, it's more difficult now to pinpoint a star because even when I started in like the mid two thousands, it was pretty narrow idea of who was a model. You had to be like, what, 5'10". You had to have, you know, the cheekbones and a certain look. And it was very narrow idea of what a, a model and supermodel would be. I imagine when you started working in an agency, it's completely, you never would have thought like back in before 1994, before you got to IMG, that you would be booking a chef who's feeding people on Skid Row, right? Like it's a totally different game now. You know, it may be, but for me, like the basics were always there, you know, and for me, it was always about the person and the story. Okay. You know, I had seen hundreds and hundreds of beautiful people throughout my career, but who has that extra something and who has, who walks into a room and like electrifies a room. That's always, you know, the person that gets to the front of the line. That's the person, you know, and, and I always say this over and over again to young models. I say, listen, it it's great that you got the booking. It's fantastic. It's about the rebooking. Mm -hmm. It's about this. It's about, it's and also know that that there's a team of people whether it's the photographer the editor the casting director the hair makeup people and everybody who go oh we're going to go to tulum for a week no let's not book that person because they're cranky they're not the we're not doing that we're no. not going down that road but we're going to book the person that is connected that's interesting that tells us stories that is like there to be additive to the, sh you know, to actually make the clothes come alive and bring, bring themselves to the, that's the person. And that hasn't changed. But Ivan, that has not changed. Ivan, I, I'm one of the most beautiful women I ever worked with, Ashley Graham. I did catalog with her when that was her job. I mean, even at that time, she never, in let's say 2006 wouldn't have been able to reach the heights that she's met today. Don't you think that, that there's way more opportunity so that, yes, yeah, she has an incredible personality and she's super smart, but also the industry is in a different place. 
I, you know, and I would like to say that IMG models led that way because we, you know, we were knocking on doors. Uh, size for us is a very important conversation. Okay. It, it really, you know, here's a, here's the thing about my own career. It's like, yes, in, in the beginning, it's like, I always used to refer to myself like kind of a waiter. Tell me your order. I'll cook it up. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll bring you what you want. And then, you know, you get to a point where, you know, I am very fortunate to be, um, you know, in, in, a, in a position of power that someone's interested in what I have to say. And so I, I, I take my platform and my ability and I use it and I say, listen, I don't know why you're not focusing on size. You know, there are, there, there's a very small percentage of uh, people in the world that are sample sizes. And yes, let's celebrate those people. And that's fantastic. But then, you know, what about the mid sizes and what about the curve sizes? And it was interesting because, you know, a group of women came in to meet with us and I'm going to credit Mina White, who uh, works for IMG, um, said, I'd like you to meet these women. And they were all, you know, size 12 and up. And, um, you know, she was, she really believed she's a curve executive herself. And she really believed that there was a marketplace and that we could be doing better for these women. We could actually make them more money. And, um, she asked if I could meet them and I met them and I was just completely charmed. Uh, they they were so self confident and, and and engaging and they had funny stories and and you know and Ashley stood out there was no question and so Mina looked at me at the end of the meeting and said what do you think and I said ah I've never been so charmed in my life and that Ashley Graham that's a superstar mm. that's that's like to me that was like Oprah Winfrey and then the work began it was like okay first it was taking all of her daily activities and saying, you know, she's worth, she's been working for you 10 years and you're selling through the roof. So pay her more money. Mm. That was the first, that was the first job. Then the second thing was to start really calling, you know, my friends and calling people in the industry and saying, you know what, I don't care, just meet her. And people were like, oh, you know, we don't, we got a curve model. I don't know. Just meet her, please. And, um, there wasn't a room that she didn't get a fan. And I can tell you that uh, I called Linda Wells, who had just started at Revlon. And I said, uh, it was her day one, I sent her flowers. Day two, we had lunch. And on day three, we had dinner with Ashley. Wow. And, yeah, it was like that. And, you know, and then, then of course, you know, it was Linda, Linda immediately got it. And then of course you had to talk to the brand and, you know, and get everybody into the idea of this. Um, and, 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 and look, uh, a relationship was born out of that. And that's how it works. You got to do the work. You can't just sit and hope that the phone's going to ring. You actually have to, that's your job as an agent, as a manager, is to really make the phones ring. Take your take the person that you believe in and introduce them to people. And again, you can't take no for an answer. You just go, I don't care. If you say no at the end of this, okay. But, but let you, me in the door. You, but you're gonna have to meet. Right. We That's have a we have a fan question. Um it's 
for you, Ivan. It's from Pink Ivy 81 from Oakland, California. And she says, who do you guys in fashion beauty industry think is responsible for setting, molding, creating the standard of beauty of our society? And do you think we have the power to change it? Well, the minute I got onto social media, the you know, and it has not changed. You can go on to my Instagram account, Ivan M. Bart, right now, and it says, through fashion imagery, we can affect social change. It's very clear to me that the one common denominator that we all have is when we wake up in the morning, we all like are thinking, what am I going to wear? Mm-hmm. That's the one thing we all do. Every day we wake up and, you know, so whether you're remote at home and you're like, I'm going to wear sweatpants, it's still a a conversation of like, what am I going to wear? And also it's, who am I going to be? And so therefore I thought like, you know, brands have A, a responsibility, but B, an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to, to gain customers, to gain, you know, uh, you know, uh, an audience basically. And so by not being diverse, by not showing diverse people, you're, you're, you're actually not, I think you're not going to make money. Meaning it's actually not only the right thing to do, but it's also good business. It's also good business, but, but to, to go circle back to the question and, and, and the point is that we need to see and through that imagery, it becomes inspiring and Mm. aspiring. It's like by seeing somebody of various sizes, by seeing various races and genders and ages, we know that, Oh, I can, I could, I could be that. I could be that. And if you don't see it, you feel like the other. And that's what was going on for so long. Why do you think it took so long? I think, you know what? And I don't think it's worth a blame game for anything. I think that, you know, certain things worked and, you know, people want to go with the tried and true mm-hmm. and anything that was different. I mean, look, this is just human nature. Anything that is unusual or different, you know, is questioned and, and is it going to work and it won't work. And you could talk yourself out of it and anything. Right. Right. So I think a lot of people just talk themselves out of stuff and, you know, maybe tried things and, you know, maybe it was a bad month. Maybe, you know, if they had tried it only in the fall, it might have been better, you know. So if they try it once and it doesn't succeed, they, they completely don't want to look at it again. But I think it was I, I could tell you, though, the mission of IMG Models, you know, for the last decade, if not more, was definitely pushing uh, pushing on equality, equity. And, you know, and giving every one of our clients a fair shot. And, and, and again, you know, you just can't take no for an answer. You you just have to go, but why? And why not? And when you have to go back to Ashley, when you have a talent that vibrant, that exciting, that makes you, the thing about her is that she makes you feel good. (laughs) When she's in the room, everybody feels good. You know what I mean? Nobody feels bad. Right. She has that. She has that high EQ that you see in 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 people like Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. You 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 just these people have high IQs that are 
inspiring and that's what she is. So like, why wouldn't I want to pick up the phone and call everybody and say, Hey, meet her. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to have a good time. Can I ask you another uh, fan question, which is kind of on topic. Georgia from Benicia, California said the fashion industry has been moving towards more inclusion in regards to race, size, and sexual identities. Do you think this will continue to progress or is it just a trend for now and things will go back to the way that they were? I think it can only progress if we don't allow it to go back. And I, and I, I, I think it, it, we all have to do the work. Mm. We all have to do the work. And, um, and I think that, you know, 2020 was a, a, an amazing opportunity. It was the year of the reckoning. It was a year of really, I think what came out of 2020 was that we need to not just see the world from our own experiences and perspectives, but to also put yourself in somebody else's shoes mm. and see the world from their perspective. And, um, and if you're not doing that work, I don't, I don't know if you're going to make it into, you know, the 21st century now, because I think, you know, people doing the work are the ones that are going to be most successful. And, um, and so look, uh, (laughs) There's backlash all day long. I mean, look, you know, look at what happened in the last three days politically, you know, of all, you know, these voter suppression stuff going on and in, in every state. Um, yes, there's a backlash. And yes, if we don't do the work in fashion that we've done to bring more inclusion, right. then, then it will absolutely go back. So let's not do that. There, I mean, listen, yeah. I even think like after the election, which I want, I wanted Joe Biden, obviously people know me, but like, it's not over the, the fight just because we don't have to listen to some asshole every day of the year, you know, for four years, doesn't mean that there's still not things going on that are, that are like voter suppression. Like we can't let down just because we may oh, have very, a victory. There's very scary things. And you know, and you know why? Because people are afraid. People are afraid of change and people, you know, and, and, and this isn't new. And this is what actually, you know, uh, all black Americans were telling us, this isn't new. This isn't something, this is some, this is my experience, right? Not me, Ivan Bart, but black America was saying my experience since I was born. And since, you know, for 400 years has been, a different experience. And just when progress was made, you know, uh, post uh, the end of slavery, when, you know, Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know, when, when we went past that, there was a time that, you know, uh, more, more black uh, politicians came into power and things and people got afraid and then Jim Crow happened. So what do you think is going to happen now? This is what's happening. You're, you're watching it like all for the last three days, Jim Florida, Crow 2.0. Ohio, Jim Crow 2.0. And yeah. so we have to, we have to stand up against it, but well, it's happening because people are afraid. They get afraid of change. They get afraid. So I'll, I'll bring this conversation back to fashion. It's like, if progress is being made and the question was, will, you know, will this continue? It can only continue if we allow it and make it and make sure that we're doing the work, Mm -hmm. doing the work. You have to do the work. 
I completely, um, I completely agree. And this whole conversation is great because so few people are actually willing to, to go there about politics. And I've been following you and I know that you're very outspoken. How do you, because I've, it's come to my attention from my partner, you're never going to get a contract because you're too outspoken politically. How do you, how do you decide, because now you're in a public company, but even before, like you're the president of a big company. How do you determine what you're going to say politically when some of your clients might be staunch, you know, Republicans? You know, well, for me, you know, if I, if I lose an audience too, then, then that's okay. Um, I, I, I'm conscious of working for a company and I want the company to succeed. And, you know, I am, but I am inclusive of, of what your viewpoint is. I'm not going to shut out your viewpoint. I'd Mm -hmm. like to hear actually. And I think that's an important thing. It's like, you might not like what I'm saying, but I'm totally open to hear what your viewpoint is. I'm not going to shut that out. And so it would be good. Also part of the work is to have dialogues. And I actually think through conversation and openness, we could have better understanding. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get to a better place, but I, I hear what you're saying too. And, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not here to offend. I'm actually here to listen and, and to hopefully that we can come to, um, some sense of working together and moving forward. But to me, you know, equal rights is human rights and everybody should be treated equally. Right. And I don't, I don't think that should be an argument. And I don't think that is actually being political. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Like there's a line in the sand, like we can disagree on policy and everything, but at the end of the day, there is a line that, that says like, this is the right thing to do. And I have to die on that Hill defending it. And I also was very open. I said, look, the whole, throughout the election, I was like, you have a choice. Go to the polls and make your choice. Okay. But, but do, do your job and in a democracy vote. I didn't say who you needed to vote for. I, I was very clear about what my choice was. I, it was very clear and I'm not, I wasn't there to sway anybody's vote. I just said, you know what? It's very important to vote and, and that your voice needs to be heard. I have so you were a psychology major in college and I can hear exactly why on, you know, talking <laughs> to you. Did that help you in your career and even in just in your relationships? You know, I, I'm, I'm a curious being and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, aren't we all there? Like, you know, those of us who do watch reality shows and things like that. I mean, we just like go like, why would they say that? And what did they do? What are your shows <laughs> that you watch? <laughs> I, 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 I don't, oh, okay. I, I just, you know, when like, I, if it's housewives, we could go off on it, a tangent. It, first of all, I'm so busy that I never have time to like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, you know, I miss things so much. And, but like, you know, if I channel surf or I'm like on, you know, the internet and I come across something, I suddenly get, Whoa, what are they saying? And why right, right. Saying? Yeah. So to me, you know, uh, understanding humans motivations and things was always some interest of mine. And so um, I, I guess I wanted to be a psychology major because I was very interested in 
um, you know, human motivations. More importantly, though, um, I've had my family, there's mental illness in my family. And mm. so there, you know, there was always like a question of why is this happening? And, and that's interesting too, because in, um, you know, in, in, in the business of also about identifying or, or labeling, right. I found labels very cyclical, you know, so, you know, I had a family member who's mentally ill and then you go and you talk to the doctor and you're like, well, why are they, you know, why is this happening? And that's because they're exhibiting these behaviors. And I'm like, but why are they exhibiting these behaviors? Because they are schizophrenic. And I'm like, okay, so you keep going back to the label of schizophrenia, but what is all the, you know, and that's the same thing about as we question now too, gender norms and, and, and how people identify, um, you know, as being male or female or them or, you know, non-binary or whatever. I love that we're in this moment now where it shouldn't just be labels. And so I guess I'm just going on and on just to no, say that I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm extremely curious being about human beings and human interactions and, uh, and, um, and, uh, you know, my psychology major definitely, you know, helps me uh, think about when I'm speaking to somebody, you know, what are they saying? How am I saying? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very careful about, you know, and, 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 and also I learned a lot from this past year about, like I said, putting yourself in other people's shoes and perspectives. And so when I have interactions with people, being very respectful of what their experiences are. Um, and I think, you know, having had some basic training in that has been helpful. Um, I think, you know, managing talent you know, they're managing a lot. They're managing their careers. They're managing their personal lives. They're managing, you know, their finances, their man, you know, and a lot is going on. So sometimes they also need your management and they need somebody to make sense of the nonsense. Yeah. I would and, think it would be challenging because like as a makeup artist, I can work for, you know, 30 years or 40 years, right? A lot of your talent are, are quite young and may not now, I mean, we all know like the Carolyn Murphys who work for decades, but most people don't, right? Is it hard? Um, That's two questions. But basically, like, is it is is there some challenge to work with people when they're when they're young? Well, yes, of yeah. course, because you know um, they're still formulating uh, who they are, and so I'm also extremely patient. I'm also. I also have to educate customers and people in the industry, you know, uh, who may write somebody off, you know, like they had a bad experience. And I'm like, okay, that happened when they were 18. They're now 26. Mm. Can you please revisit this? Cause like, think about all the life experience that they've had between 18 and 26. They're in a very different place. So, um, you know, I, I think being a good manager too is really understanding that uh, your client's going to evolve. New new experiences are going to happen to them. You know, like when you meet them too, they're graduating high school. They go on, become young adults. They meet somebody, they marry, they have children. You know, 
the Carolyn Murphy that I knew, you know, 20 years ago is a very different Carolyn Murphy now. Right. I love the Carolyn Murphy of today. I love that she's a woman with um, experience and uh, self-awareness and confidence and understanding of who she is and could really also, you know, tackle a situation and, and, and we can have a great dialogue about things. You know, when you're much younger, you don't have that experience. And so, you know, there's insecurity and there's doubt. And um, that's also being a good manager is to be there for them because you're the person that has the experience. Right. And you're supposed to be saying, listen, don't take that personally because that person's having a really bad day and they're taking it out on you. And I know you. it feels very personal, but it's not you. I mean, that kind of stuff. Do you on. take it personally when you've developed someone and really gotten close to them and nurtured them? And then for whatever reason they leave. I, you know what? Yes. You always, it's always personal, you know, of course, but I, I'm a professional. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing is I have enough experience now that I've had people leave and come back. Is it different <laughs> you know? when they come back? Are you a little more? Oh, I love it. I love oh, when they okay. come back because they come home and they know, and they've, they've had other experiences and then they know that this is the place to be. And they, right. you know, and that's, that's also human nature too. Like, we all have friendships and we all have relationships that, you know, sometimes are strong and sometimes, you know, separate. And, and then, you know, if it's really meant to be, they're lasting. So I always leave, you know, I always do my best in that moment when, you know, it, whatever reason, you know, they want to explore, they want to do something. What I get angry about is also when a competitor is manipulative and they make up all sorts of crazy stories and, oh. you know, try to twist people around to like just sign the person. And that I hate. Will you call no. them up and tell them off? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a professional. I, yeah. do, you know, it is what it is. And I also know that I believe in the talent that, you know, they they'll probably see through this at some point. Right. And guess what? The door will be open and we will have a conversation and they can always come home. Do you ever look back and, and say, and regret like say, Oh, I wish that I had talked to them about this, or I wish we had more communication. They wouldn't have thought the grass was greener or we could have cleared that up. Absolutely. Cause like, I mean, don't we do, don't we do, that's human nature too. We yeah. always think, oh, if I had only, and why didn't I do that? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a lot of those, you know, like as I'm laying down to bed, oh, if I had only said this and I only did that, you know. I um, find it hard though in our industry because you don't get into this industry unless you're passionate and really have a drive. And usually what comes with that is, um, you know, some kind of passion and you meet people and you work with them and you spend so much time with them that it does get confusing, at least for myself about boundaries. Like we're friends, but we're work friends, but they're a client and it's sometimes hard. I'm sure like you work, the people you work with, you're around them probably 10 hours a day or eight hours a day. Is that ever, is that ever confusing or anything? You know, Yes. I mean, and and we do feel, you know, it's family and everything, but I think I have also my perspective too, is also there are boundaries and, 
you, you know, and uh, Patrick Weitzel said it best. He said, you can never be too close to somebody who can fire you. Mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's a, that's a great. Hold on. I'm writing actually. that down. <laughs> that's really good. Well, I mean, if they could fire you, I mean, like, cause seriously, if we were friends, right. I would, you know, we would do it all for free and, you know, but we have a business relationship. And so you just have to always know, even as close as you get, uh, to, to your clients, that there's a professional relationship here and you should also be respectful of those relationships. So do you have a separate personal life with people who you don't have, who can't fire you or you can't fire? Yes. And I, and I think it's very important. And I, you know, I think it's for me, you know, I'm, I'm able to succeed and really enjoy the industry and everything, knowing that a, I have a husband to go home to, or I have very close personal friends who are not in the industry so that I don't have to sit with them and talk about the industry. They, of course, many of my friends are very curious about things that are going on. And I'm curious about their, right. you know, what they're doing. And so I have a lot of friends outside of the industry, but I have also a lot of friends in the industry that I consider very close personal friends. But I think it's very important to tell your clients and and for yourself to know that there's going to be boundaries here and, um, and, and you need to be respectful. Yeah. And, you know, we are in an era right now too, where it's very important to respect people's boundaries and, um, and also to know, also I'm here to be protective of our clients' boundaries. I don't want to see any third person, you know, uh, infiltrating boundaries either. That's my job. Do you have, and in order to do that as a president of a company, you have to kind of address it with everyone. It has to, you can't just like deal with it when it happens. It has, you have to talk about it. Yes. Right. You all, you have to be very open about it. And, and also, you know, the interesting thing too, when, when young people come to, to uh, meet us and want to work at IMG, and I, I go right away. So like, what, what, what interests you about the industry, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the person that was like, you know, that always says, I've loved fashion since I was, you know, I can remember. And I've had every picture of every model on the wall and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, uh-huh. you realize that's not the job. Right. And they're like, they get very, they get very like, what? And I'm like, nope, that's not the job. If you really love fashion that much, you should go work for a designer. You could go work for you could go work for an editor. We are in the business of people. We are working in the fashion industry, but we are in the business of people. So please tell me that you like to you, that you're a people person. Number one, that you can relate to people, that you can make people feel good, that you could be inspir- an inspiration, that you could be a role model, you could be a mentor. Those are the things that I'd like to hear in in, 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 in a meeting. I, I want to be in this industry. I want to work in IMG models because, A, I really love models and I love what they stand for. And I actually want to be part of the team that actually mentors, manages, and protects these people. Then you might have a job with us. Not <laughs> saying I want to be best friends with Kate Moss because I think she's so cool. Would that, would that fly? <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> I still think that you have an incredible set of skills, obviously, that you've you've made it in this industry. And I know that this industry is not easy. It can be competitive. It could probably be cutthroat. How did you manage? I mean, you, you've been in this industry for decades. How did you manage to not only survive, but get to the top? Well, first, by never believing you're on top. <laughs> I, never, I never believe that I'm like, oh, is that, you know, you're only as good as your last booking. You know, that's my okay. thing. So I've never, I never believe my own hype at all. Um, you know, and, and which leaves room to, to keep growing, you know, like there's so much more I have to do, you know, there's so many more things that I, there's so many more goals I've set. So, um, I mean, that's just one way. And also, um, again, I go, I keep going back to being a curious being, like, I'm so curious about this new generation and like, what like interests them and what is, you know, what did they grow up, uh, that was exciting to them. And what was it like to only be online, you know, to to get all your information online? I, you know, this is the first full fledged generation that actually had an iPhone as, as a, as a six month year old, who knows, like, you know, you must be very adaptable because if you were running IMG as if it was 1995, you know, you had to be this type of model and that was it. And you weren't willing to step into today's world. IMG would not be as successful as it is. Like there must be something about you that's able to not hold on to the past or to be able to see trend and go with it. I, you know, again, I won't, I don't want to take, I don't want to take the credit because it's really the team and it's really bringing in, you know, everybody's perspective. And I always say that, you know, like I'm, I value everybody's opinion. And I also like, you know, I'm not the kind of person, listen, I've been doing this forever. Trust me. I I really want to know because, again, I also know that maybe some of the people on our team have different experiences that would probably be best suited for one particular situation versus another. And so the success of IMG models is really based on, um, I always say it's it's the sum of different parts. And you started this conversation by saying which territories we're in. I mean, it's a global conversation. It's it's a team of people that are all across the globe, and um, everybody, every every piece of us comes together for the success of this company. And if I could be a leader of you know to inspire and to get the best from you. And if that's the credit I'll take, I'll do that. But like, I do think that we could never have been the successful in everything without the many, many people that it takes to be that. And, and, and in Endeavor, going back to Endeavor, I mean, the support teams that help us, you know, the communications team that help elevate a conversation or amplify a conversation or our legal team or our finance team. I mean, I, I always I learned very early on that the heart and soul of any business is also in finance, and so yeah, huh. I mean it's just really not me. But it's actually, really you not. can have the best people around you, but if you're not willing to listen to them, then you're not going to grow. So you have, I mean, it sounds to me like you lean into your support team, and that I is do. a skill, right? 
I don't know if it's a skill, but I, I, I know that, you know, um, I value, I value everybody's opinion and I love to get into a think tank room and just, you know, tap in and hear what everybody has to say. Yeah. I've never gotten a job from a party or what do they call it? Networking or mingling. I've never, it's just not in my DNA. I've never gone out and been like, Oh, you know who I met last night and now I'm going to do a shoot with them. But in fashion, you have so many parties and fashion weeks and obligations and dinners and honored, you know, award shows and whatever. Is it important a that you as a president participate? And then how do you keep up? Well, you know, the good news is we, you know, we're quarantined for a while. And the bad news is we were quarantined for a while. And, right. You know, I, don't, I do not want to make light of the fact that this was a serious pandemic and, and people lost their lives and it was right. not good. But, you know, I am, it's, it, it's interesting you're posing the question because I am gearing up for what it's going to be like. I do believe September is going to be very busy in New York for Fashion Week. Um, and I do think that this is going to be a return to live events. And obviously we all now know the Met Ball and what a great lineup of hosts, um, including Amanda Gorman and Billie Eilish and Timothy Chalamet. And um, it's like quite a group of people. Um, So we know that there's going to be events and things. And I mean, speaking of which to that, you know, if you're lucky enough to get into that, I mean, that is, you know, a place where, Meeting different people, yeah, things can happen. It's interesting. I had a client who came from another modeling firm, and her agent kept telling her, nothing happens at night. Nothing happens at night. And and I have to disagree because it, it really it depends on where you're going. If you're going to a nightclub, I think it, I, it, nothing nothing's going to happen. But, you know, on any... <laughs> nothing that'll help your career, let's say. No, no. I, I strongly say that that's not where you need to be. But... You know, on any given night, um, you know, pre-COVID, you know, whether it was this brand doing um, a launch, a capsule collection, um, there's uh, a gallery opening, there's, you know, um, uh, Vogue magazine is doing something, hosting something, another magazine or whatever is Mm -hmm. going on. And you know that there are going to be industry people there. There's going to be top photographers there, top editors. It's worth a pass by. It definitely is worth a pass by. And and you have to be strategic about, you know, how are you presenting yourself? What do you look like? Um, how how do you behave? Right. And 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 also, you know, who are you talking to? And trust me, these little seeds that when someone sees you and they go, you know, I saw so-and-so last night, they look amazing. They were so great. Why don't we use them for this? You know? So I do think, you know, and, and this client that I told you came from another company, you know, we were sitting at a Tiffany's dinner. Um, Jessica Chastain was being honored and, you know, we were hanging out with, uh, you know, at the time to for Francesca Costa was a designer for Calvin Klein and Trey Laird, who does all these, you know, um, he's creative director for so many different brands and campaigns. And um, who else was in our orbit? There was so many great people in our orbit. And, and like the phone was ringing the next day for her, you know, and, and, and she called me and said, you know, this just proved the point that, you know, 
I was at the wrong place because they were giving me misinformation. Yeah, their boss and, probably just didn't want to have to go out at night, so they told everybody else it was worthless. Does it feel like – do you enjoy it, though, or that part of it, or does it feel like work? You know, as I was talking about it, I was getting very excited. I was thinking, like, I better get to the closet, and what do I have? Yeah, <laughs> like, and I can't you know, say yeah. any of my pants, so it's actually good to talk <laughs> about now so we can prepare. Yes, we have to – you know, um, it – it it is very taxing though. Like you know, it it is very taxing because these the the best things are happening during the week, and so to really have your energy and your where you know wherewithal to like manage people during the week, and then you know leaving to go at seven somewhere, and you know, I think I think what I'm going to do now though is you know because. As you could see, uh, we, we could probably spend the rest of the afternoon talking. I'm a gabber, and you know, it, it could probably be midnight. You know, and I just gotta like, I and I think that's the key that I have to tell people too. Like, yes, you need to go to these places. Good things can happen, and get yourself home and get some rest because tomorrow is another day. You do not have to be the last person standing. Right. I just heard on on a YouTube video, I kind of geek out watching like singers and stuff. And there was an opera singer talking about singing on interest, not on your uh, not on your bank account. Right. Like she she didn't blow out her voice because she always sang on the interest of her voice. So she didn't wasn't overly rangy or hurting herself. Right. And that's what that reminds me of. It's like, you know, you can go out and be social but don't dip into your savings. Like, yeah. right. Well, yeah. Don't, you know, don't drain your energy. Don't do that. That's that um, cut to tomorrow. And it's like, whoa, this is the and best. I, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I, I tend to do, I tend to do that. Listen, I was at a client dinner last night. Okay. And, um, you know, I was prepared, uh, and, and, and I was coming out east. I was coming to the Hamptons. So, like, you know, it needed to end, like, 9.30. Fast forward, it's 11.30. Uh-huh. Somehow, I managed to get myself together, blah, 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 got my husband. We ended up getting in the car, got here, you know, like, a quarter to two. And I still made it though to Soul Cycle this morning, and, and to me, it is the greatest accomplishment I think I <laughs> could say in like that I've, in months. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, it is. If you've been to Soul Cycle, that's a fucking accomplishment. Just getting through the class. But I will say, you know, maybe I needed to cut it off. Maybe it just and and you know what? I don't like to be rude and I don't want you know, and someone's telling another, you know, engaging story. So you stay for another 10 minutes, which turns out to be another hour. And it's like, at some point you just have to be able to be strong and say, you know, I love being here. You're all terrific. I I've got an early right appointment. That's and it. Don't tell them it's soul cycle. <laughs> no. <laughs> no expectations, no limitations. Turn your bike right. up five clicks. Um, <laughs> this is a final question that I ask everyone. And it's if you could travel back in time and meet yourself somewhere, when would it be? And what would you say? I would say it would be in uh, the summer of 1986. 
maybe 86. Yeah. And um, I had never traveled really. You know, I, I said I'm a boy from Brooklyn and I was in, you know, it was the first time I had gone to Europe and I, I did the whole backpacking thing. Mm. You know, and um, I spent a lot of time there, you know, and just I couldn't believe like what I was seeing and, you know, different cultures and different people and meeting people and, you know, being that age and just like, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you meet somebody and then like, oh, you want to go to Turkey together? Let's go. OK. And then, you know, like and I was just having all these great experiences. And I, I also didn't know what I really wanted to do. I was kind of confused about you know, having a career as a therapist or, you know, psychiatrist or whatever. And I was kind of really loving the idea of travel. Um, I had long hair. My hair was like to the middle of my back. And, um, you know, and and I've I've said this story, but I'm going to say a little bit different. I've said this story that someone asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to have long hair and travel around the world. (laughs) <laughs> and fast forward to three, four years later, I was on a plane with long hair going to the Milan collections. And so I had actually achieved what I set out to do, not knowing that that was going to happen. What I would love to have told him then is that, you know, don't be afraid, be fearless, breathe, and it's all going to work out. And you're going to see things and you're going to experiencing things well beyond the limitations that your family had. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been an incredible journey and, um, the fashion industry has been an incredible opportunity and I was able to really do that. And I, I think that young man was very confused and, um, I I would tell him, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Absolutely. Was that young man out? Yes, he was. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, he was. But, you know, I had my best girlfriend with me who was driving me crazy at the time because, you know, like, you know, I, it, she was driving me crazy. And um, <laughs> uh, that <laughs> sounds kind of crazy. Well, she was cramping my style. Right. I know, like I, I think they were missed opportunities because I was just, you know, I was too, too many much, you know. too many euros in tight jeans and she was, you know <laughs> she, to go to the museums. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> Ivan, do you have time for a quick game? Oh, I, I get scared of games, but sure. Oh, it's fun. You'll you'll like it. Um, who was the first big model you signed personally? I think the first big model, you know, that I actually had to work with was, uh, I, I didn't personally sign them, but was assigned her with Stephanie Seymour. Wow. And, and that was, that was big because, you know, um, she already had a big career and I was taking on this big career and, you know, there was lots of big deals and things and it was really trial by fire. Wow. Um, I learned so much from her and, um, such a kind, caring, beautiful person. What's the, where's and, the- and also, you know, the other interesting thing too, these, these women too, you know, recently we, we started working with Brooke Shields too. And I mean, these are like iconic women that people looked up to and, and um, you know, 
they they seem like you know unattainable but i can tell you really inside story both the most funny self-deprecating you know just really terrific women that like you really enjoy being around whereas i'm i'm sure so many people just think you know they're just these statuesque beauties but they're really you know there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of soul and there's a lot of self-reflection and intelligence they're they're incredible women yeah um all right uh number two best place to scout for models well i would say online Mm-hmm. <laughs> now now yeah in, in, if you ask me because you you could you, and you know literally I, I you know lay me down to sleep and i start like looking and you could you could see people anywhere in the world anywhere in the world there's no limitations now so um so thank and you it's Instagram. interesting because you well you 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 and tiktok you know you just start seeing somebody but then it's interesting you start seeing like who's following them and then oh who's that and you know that's like it just becomes a whole trail where's the most unusual place you've ever scouted a model um one of my favorite stories is that i was in moscow with liv tyler and we were having dinner and the thing about liv is you know she you know had a little and modeling and became a huge actress and um uh and just still loves you know loves beautiful women you know and 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 always gets excited and everything and so we were sitting at at dinner uh she was doing um you know a, a press event and then we went out to dinner afterwards and i said live look at that young woman and live turned around she went oh <gasps> Oh my God. And like, we were like, ah, you know, like, and, um, so then I went over and, you know, and the, you know, the, the father like kind of like shot me down and, you know, basically told me to just get lost, you know, and then that often happens. Like that's, that's the thing about a scouting. Right. They don't know who you are. I sit down, but I see the young girl whisper to, um, to the family, Lord of the Rings. The dad gets up and goes, oh, my God, you're a famous actress. And you know what Liv says? No, he's famous. He represents Kate Moss. <laughs> he's really famous. You should talk to him, blah, blah, blah. That um, is so funny. Anyway, that young woman, I don't know if you remember, but it, that was Arena Kay. Oh, my God. And Yes, it was Arena Kay. And um, she was 16 at the time. And the next day I met her mom and her uh, in our hotel lobby. And uh, we brought a translator and, you know, a career was born. And, you know, I thank Liv Tyler, too, because if Liv Tyler wasn't there, we would never have signed her because they would have told me to get lost. That's so funny. You had to give her a part of the commission, I guess. <laughs> we had to get her more. Yeah. More, exactly. more, more. And now, you know, we, we want to do more for Liv too and her beautiful, wonderful family. Liv is and- beautiful. I've worked with her before and she is stunning and actually like a really fun person to hang out with. And talk about somebody also with great heart and soul and, and caring and loving person. Um, absolutely. You have $200 a week for one year to be spent weekly on a fresh flowers. B, massage, C, dinner out, 
D, a facial? I would go with dinner out. Okay. Um, I just, I enjoy, um, I enjoy food. I'm a foodie and I love, I love wine <laughs> and I love food, wine and conversation. So there you um, go. Yeah. Doesn't get much I better do, than that. I do love flowers. I kind of like a massage. You know, someone was telling me the other day they had a two hour massage. I was like, that's, that's just too long. Oh no, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I I don't know. I'm not that much of a fan. Like an hour is enough. I don't need two hours, but um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're, you have to be the center on a gay pride parade float. What is the theme? A daddies, B twinks, C firefighters or D Cuomo. Wow. I, I not none of the above. <laughs> First of all, I don't, <laughs> First of all, I don't want to identify as daddy. And by the way, I'm probably granddaddy at this point. And um, I'm certainly not a twink. And I don't know. And you're not putting out fires and, you know, yeah, Cuomo's no. a whole other story. Those are bad no. options. I agree. Okay. My, fav- no. <laughs> my favorite time in New York is A, the spring, B, the fall, C, summers and three-day weekends, or D, after work with a martini. Always after work with a martini. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's just year round. Even though, even though I do, I, I, I can't go down that road. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like, I just can't go down that road. So I don't do it often, but yeah, if I'm going to have an after work martini, that's great. Okay. The best thing about Brooklyn is a Williamsburg B the promenade C prospect park D it's not Manhattan, Queens, Staten Island, or New Jersey. Um, well, I have to do give you multi answers. First of all, love the promenade. Um, I also love Prospect Park. Prospect Park was a savior to me during quarantine yeah. because because uh, when I was quarantined in my apartment, the one thing I would give myself every day was an hour, and I'd put a mask on and everything, and I'd get on a bike, and I would do the whole loop of the park, and I would ride all around, and so it's a savior. And um, um, and and by the way, I am not a snob. You know, I had the best Solankin food in Staten Island not too long ago. Really? Ah. Uh, I would highly recommend a trip to Staten Island. It's the only borough I've never been to. Well, I like to explore. And you know what? Go to the Jersey Shore. I'm all over the place. Like I might might live in Brooklyn, but I definitely take advantage of the tri-state area. Okay. He's a (laughs) tri-state guy. My preferred way of transportation is A, a smelly cab that pumps on the brakes, but is fast and on time. B, an Uber X with a trunk full of diapers and personal belongings and a chatty driver. C, walking, but it starts pouring rain. Or D, packed during rush hour on the L train and the doors won't close at each stop from overcrowding. None of the above. I ri- I'll ride my bike. Okay. Good one. I love, I'm a bicycle rider. I love my bike and it's my favorite transportation in New York City. And I do love the subway. I'm I love scared it. to ride the bike in New York City, but I do, I do fantasize about it. You have to spend eight hours in one of the following A, LaGuardia, B, Penn Station, C, on Fifth Avenue for any of the parades, D, the Manhattan Mall on Black Friday. 
I'm trying to think what is the Manhattan Mall. Do you know the mall on 34th Street? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one more time. Okay. You have to spend eight hours in one of the following a LaGuardia airport, B Penn station, C on fifth Avenue for any of the parades or D the Manhattan mall on, on black Friday. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to choose LaGuardia. I I'm dying to go to the new version. Okay. Uh, I want to see the, the, the art that's there right now. And I'm a people person and I would love to just, I would sit there for eight hours and I would just observe people. And, you know, in the new LaGuardia, I heard there's really good food and, and wine. So I would, yeah, yeah. I would stay in LaGuardia. I can't imagine because <laughs> the old LaGuardia was none of those things. So thank God. Um, Okay, a few more. You are forced to relocate for work for two years to open a new office. No leaving that new place for two years. Do you choose A, Las Vegas, B, Sao Paulo, C, Shanghai, or D, Malta? I would I would say Shanghai because, you know, I, I've not traveled very much there. And it's, it's, it's uh, you know country and a culture that I would love to get to know more. Um, interesting about Malta though. I have like, like, I've never been, but I've had all these like brushes with it. And, um, but I would pick Shanghai plus the fact I, I you know, the food yeah. sounds like a great idea. <laughs> okay. You get to spend a month in Italy for August. Do you go uh, to a Puglia B Tuscany? C, Amalfi, or D, Sicily? Well, my in-laws live in Puglia. Oh, I just went and I, last summer I love the it. lockdown, the summer before. I do love Puglia, and I love swimming in the Mediterranean, and um, I love it. I love the Amalfi. I mean, I love, I mean, you, you just really pretty much just, you know, uh, segue to the retirement plan, and I, oh. I would, I would love to live in Italy. I mean, I just think it's, um, the spirit, the people, the, the food, especially if you're not working, if you can go and just be retired, it, yeah. there's nowhere, there's nowhere better. Yeah. You get to eat the following food every day for 30 days in a calorie consequence free environment. Do you eat a pizza B pasta? C, ice cream sundae, or D, cheesecake? I'd go with pasta. I love pasta. Same. I love, you know. There's nothing As long better. as it can be, yeah, and, and as, as long as it's not the same pasta, I mean, as long as we can mix it up, you know, yeah, there's so much you can do. Right. For 30 days in pasta. And then this is the most New York question. They say you you have to sacrifice one of these when you're looking for a place to live. You can have two out of the three in your next home. Do you choose A, space and square feet, B, neighborhood location, or C, light the light and the views? You know, where I currently live has so much light and views, and I can't say enough about it. Okay. You know? um, yeah. So would you, sacrifice, would you sacrifice neighborhood location or square feet? Yeah, neighborhood and location. Okay. So you're going to have a big I, I, place with lots of light. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ivan, I um, I really can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I think 
I love having people on who I can learn from and um, who are accomplished. And I feel like, obviously, you know, you're accomplished. I feel like I've learned from you and I can see why you're so successful. And I just thank you so much for giving me your time. Quinn, that was just very kind of you, what you just said. And um, I'm, you know, a big fan of yours and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, thank you for giving the industry a platform because you've had some great people on. Um, I'm very honored that you uh, chose me too. And the, um, the, the, the people that I had seen you interview and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You're fantastic. And, we need we need people like you in the industry, and um, I also think that you know working with creatives has been also a blessing in um, what I do. So, thank you, and thank you to Carolyn Murphy for hooking us up together. So, oh, you know, dear, 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 dear friend, yeah, and, she's like an incredible to spirit. Me. <laughs> yeah, all right, Carolyn well, Murphy is a connector, so. Yeah, I was like, what do you think about Ivan? Like, I'd love to have him on the show. She's like, Ivan's major. I'll send you guys an email. And so she did. She hooked it up. So there you go. All right. Well, have a great it's Friday. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. And thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.